Skip Jack Herring, Crystal Darter, Pallid Shiner, Slender Mad Tom, Gravel Chub, Plains Top Minnow, Black Buffalo, Pugnose Shiner, and Paddlefish. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Glad to see you here tonight at the House of Mercy. It's, I just, I'm so happy to be here and to be doing this again, and it feels like a thousand years and just two weeks at the same time. So good to see y'all. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Debbie is, uh, she's not here. I saw her car in the parking lot. I don't know. No, I don't know where she is. No, she, 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 this is, I don't, I, I don't know where she is, but she did say she wouldn't be here. Yeah. So, but we're glad that all you are here and, uh, Eric also is, is gone. I think, you know what I think most people who aren't here are uh, in a canoe somewhere, maybe. Or sitting in front of an air conditioner. Uh, but speaking of that, so good to have you, Luke. Yeah, have Luke come in. Luke, old, old, good, long-time friend of the Mercy. Glad to have you back, and thanks for filling in. And you haven't been around either. What have you been up to? <laughs> canoe? Air conditioner? Yeah, all right, both things, all right. All right, good. Well, uh, Phyllis, would you? This is the House of Mercy, and welcome to it. All right, everybody, if you'd like to stand in your hymnal number 16, Nothing But the Blood of Jesus.
out of mercy. Help us to settle in to this room with these people in this moment and open to every moment and what it holds. Amen. Peace of Christ be with you all. Well, it is really nice to be back um, to a place that I consider home. And uh, I was listening to this, some of House of Mercy's old recordings uh, about a month ago, and this one really jumped out at me. And I think that, Russell, did you write it with Chris? So we're going to do this song, Friend of Mine. Um, it's nice to be here.
Please join me in the prayers of community. I'll end each prayer or petition with Lord in your mercy, and I invite you to respond Hear our prayer. God of mercy, we are still hanging out in this in-between, not exactly sure what just happened, and not feeling ready for what's to come. Help us to dive deep into our dignity and values to discern each next right step. Lord, in your mercy. God of mercy, help us to hang on to ourselves and each other as the world presses in again. Keep us connected to the little things we found that really matter as we stretch to encompass more. Awaken us again and again to the wisdom with which we are born. That little pull in the gut or the sense in the heart beckoning us. Look here, slow down, follow, lead. Keep us in tune with the heart of what matters so that we can walk in grace and beauty. When in the midst of the unknown, Remind us of the gifts and vulnerabilities we hold, the balance and wisdom that can rise to meet the moment. Lord, in your mercy. Merciful Mother God, catastrophe looms at every corner, lying in wait, rushing at full speed, out at the corner of the eye, right next door. We so want to find, to be, the solution. Fix the government, rework the police, get rid of the weapons, teach critical thinking to children, feed the hungry, clothe the naked, eliminate racism and misogyny. Imbue us with the strength of the willow who bends with the stresses of high winds and water, only to stand tall after the storm. Help us to keep taking each step one at a time. Remind us that we are never alone. That each step toward a grace-filled and just world matters, even when it feels insignificant, even when we might be pretty sure it's all a mirage. Open our eyes to the abundance of beauty around us. Goldfinches on sunflowers, bees in fields, Cucumbers on the vine, people smiling and nodding hello. Lord, in your mercy. God of mercy, there are many in our families and communities who are suffering. 
Strengthen the bonds that have potential to heal. Help those who are facing hardship, illness, and death. Give them and those they love comfort in the storm. Lord, in your mercy. God of mercy, help us to inhabit the silence. Make us available to be changed by the mystery. Be with us as we meet ourselves in this extended time. Amen. The scripture reading today is Mark 6, 35 through 44. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the hour is now late. Send them away to go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, You give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them all? to eat, and he said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they said, Five and two fish. Then he commanded them all to sit in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties, and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to the heaven and said a blessing, and broke the loaves, and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. And those who ate the loaves were 5,000 men. Word of the Lord. This is a deserted place. An hour is growing late. Send them away so they can go in the surrounding villages and towns and buy themselves something to eat. You give them something to eat. Jesus doesn't even look up when he says it. He's squatting on the hard-packed, dun-colored ground. Any ground covering softer or kinder had long since died, dried, and scattered, blown by the wind. You would more likely find it in your lungs than under your feet. The disciple, he looked at the crowd, now dissipated somewhat. They'd backed away after Jesus had said something or made some gesture indicating a break. The disciple didn't know exactly. He wasn't paying that much attention. He'd gotten lost in his thoughts. Something Jesus was saying made him think of something else and that something else had led him off somewhere. So when Jesus got up and came over near where he and the rest of them were sitting, and the crowd moved back, loosened up, and talking amongst themselves, the change in the rhythm of the sound, the movement, brought him back. Jesus squatted on the ground next to him and the others. Jesus looked at him just a look, pleasant, neutral. The disciple felt caught. 
like Jesus knew he wasn't paying attention, or maybe Jesus even said something in his talk that he should have responded to, maybe even referred to him, and the whole crowd had turned with Jesus to look over at him and saw that he was somewhere else in his mind, not looking rapt, amazed, intrigued, engaged, just looking off. Maybe that's why Jesus stopped, came over. Like, he said to the crowd, just a minute, I have to take care of something. And they all sort of chuckled. Like, yeah, you do. But that's ridiculous. Jesus just came over like he had so many other times and squatted down with him and the rest of them. It was just like a break. Jesus didn't say anything. Just looked at him. Not mean, not long. Just looked at him and then looked at the ground like he was thinking. Not hard, not bad. But the disciple thought that he should like do something or say something, maybe something that made it seem like he was not not paying attention. He looked at Jesus side-eyed to see if he could see what he was thinking. But Jesus looked the same. He looked out at the dry, hard desert where the crowd had found them. Dry desert ran all the way to the sea. He could see the boat that they came in, pulled up far on the shore, but still not up to the original shoreline. The sea had been shrinking, drying up, leaving hard, crusted playa. And that brought back to him what had taken him away in his thoughts. That's what, he had, that's what had pulled him away originally from Jesus' teaching. He had saw the boat pulled up on the dried-up playa, and he could see the successive, or he should say regressive, shorelines, salt sediment, imperfect lines where the water line once was, and then a step back another line where the shoreline once was, and then a step back another and a step back another. And he could see in his mind the lines continuing around the sea, forming receding rings, smaller and smaller rings, like the growth rings on a tree, but indicating the opposite. Each ring smaller, marking time, the time the sea was moving closer to its death. He used to make a living on the sea. He thought about his brother and his mother and his whole family hauling in overflowing nets and then laying the catch out on the shore. But there were not enough fish left in the sea now to make it worthwhile. That's what took him away in his thoughts, in his mind. He could see as he looked out past Jesus out past the crowds at the endless desert strewn with the wreckage of what was to come, what had once been the markets and the homes and the granaries and the stables, what had what the stones that had once formed the buildings of Jerusalem, the rise where the temple once stood, now barren, pulled down, pillaged, burned. The Romans left not one stone on top of another. 
When the Romans pillaged, they took it all the way. The world was on fire. God had been run out of his house, and his house had been destroyed. When it was happening, in the middle of it, when you were just fighting for your life, you felt alive. You moved and fought. There was meaning. There was hope. But now, as the desert burned down to ashes, the Romans had not left one hope on top of another. One bit of meaning could not be stacked on another. You couldn't build a wall. There was no foundation. And you could only think, if it could be undone, if you could run God out, if you could destroy God's creation, pull it all down, one has to ask after the state of that God, or in fact, the strength of that God. I mean, if God could be run out, I mean, did you see him go? Did you see him in there, in his house, in the Holy of Holies? Did anyone bother to ask if he was really in there? This was the most difficult thought. That not only now was there no meaning left, but that there never was any. That all this past, the great city, the temple, were just things we made. So we wouldn't have to think that most difficult thought. So it was hard to pay attention when the rabbi was teaching. The thought of the rabbi brought him back, brought the disciple back again. He really felt like he should do something. Uh, did Jesus see him lost in his mind in the rubble of the temple, wandering the dried-up shores of the fishless, shrinking sea? Looking out at the crowd milling, he looked again at Jesus, and Jesus looked up from the ground and caught his eye, and the disciples said uh, more defensively, or because he thought he should say something uh, or do something to show that he was there, that he was present and not lost in a world burning down to the last ashes, he said, This is, this is a deserted place, and it, the hour is getting late. And, and so, so send them away so they can go into the surrounding towns and villages and buy something for themselves to eat. You give them something to eat. They said to him, well, how are we going to, what, we should go and buy food for all these people? 
And Jesus said to all the disciples, how many loaves do you have? And the disciple said to these others, go and see. Go and see if anyone has any loaves. Go see what you can find. And they went out and they came back and they said that they had found five loaves and two fishes. Two fishes, the disciples said. Yeah, yes, two. The, dif- the disciple, he found, himself, he found himself caught off guard, not at the impossibility of two fishes feeding this whole desperate crowd in the desert, but at the possibility of there being any fish at all. Any fish. He turned and he said to Jesus, Two, two fishes? Two fish? More a question of the possibility. There's always a few fish, Jesus said. There's always a few fish. That's where you start. A few fish. It's, it's enough to feed the people in front of you. A few fish. There's always a few fish, Jesus said. Got up began to direct the disciples so they could feed the people. Tell me that no tears ever come again. 
You've been listening to the House of Mercy podcast. You can experience all this live every Sunday at 5. Check houseofmercy.org for all the details. House of Mercy is a church in St. Paul. You should come. It's not that bad. Thank you.